Today on Analog Out, Movie Pass is finally dead. We've got a new Nintendo Fit game. We're going to do a Dreamcast retrospective. We've got new announcements about Super Mario World at Universal. And we've got a new Castlevania game announced. Check it out. Hey everybody, welcome back for another exciting episode of Analog Out. I am your host, Pat, and I'm here with my buddy, Neil. What's up, everybody? How you been, man? Oh, I've been doing really good, yeah? actually. I have a trip coming up. Oh, I'm nice. Going to Dominican Republic. Right, right. Punacana. You're going to that place that Americans keep getting killed at. The, it's where I like to vacation. Yeah? yeah How many yeah. times you been there? <laughs> Never. <laughs> I like to Sherlock's home it. It's all, all across. It's the all. Uh, it's all included. All self or all expenses paid. Yep. Free, uh, free food and booze. Exactly. Yeah. This is actually my first trip out of the United States. Wow. Besides Canada, I don't really count that because we bit pretty much own that shit, right? I don't think so, but sure. Um, are you planning on doing anything outside of the resort, or are you just going to lay around? No, the resort I, I'm, and I'm get gonna check out up. the nightclubs and go to a strip club in the area. Yeah. You are only you are absolutely the only person who's ever been on this podcast and probably the only one that would listen to this podcast that has any interest in going to a strip club. Really? Wow. I feel like there should be a sound effect where I earn a trophy at this point. Achievement. Online. I've never been to one and I don't really have much interest in going. You've to one. never been to a strip club? No. Get the fuck out of here. I haven't. I haven't. What why, did, why would I want did to you be? do for your bachelor party? We uh, rented out like a private karaoke room and like had a bunch of uh, people come and got like food and alcohol and stuff. That's lame as fuck. Yeah. We had a good you, time. You had to have... No. No. You have to have naked girls all over you. Do right? you? Yes. God damn, man. Well, this, this is what happens without me. This yeah. This is what happens. I'm, I'm sad. I'm crying inside. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I'm. I can't say I'm that disappointed that you weren't there after hearing this. You. Uh, I have no interest in. Uh, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. Okay. I have had naked girls on me before. Yeah, it's not the same. They're, they're it's not, not the same when you don't pay for it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Moving on. Here's something. Uh, I don't know if you know this because you kind of just gave me a glazed over look when I mentioned it before, but Movie Pass, it's something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, and it is a service. If you don't know what it is, Neil, it is a service that's like Netflix. It was between 8 and $10 a month, and the gimmick was you can go to any theater and, any, and see any movie every once a day, every day. Well, okay, so I have heard about it, but I didn't think it would be around for a long time. What I thought they were going to do is get a certain amount of memberships and then cut it off and grandfather those people in. Yeah, so, so basically what happened is that they changed the uh, they changed the the rules like several times, and they it just kept getting shittier and shittier. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of bullshit that went on, like they were. They're being really shady where they were like, okay, they changed it to three movies a month, which wasn't what people signed up for. But regardless, then they like you had to check in on your phone to, to go to a movie and 
they would make him like it would be like say like all of them were like unavailable because essentially what happened was movie pass at one point literally ran out of money in the bank and like the way that it worked was when you would buy a movie ticket yeah it's a debit card that they would preload the money for the cost of the ticket on there and then you would go to the movie theater and buy the ticket and then like at one day people went to go buy tickets and it like declined the cards because they had run out of cash in the bank what so what was it started by this is like independent company yeah it's just some guys i think they've done things before in like silicon valley i think they they had some they had some connections they've done things before but regardless it was a shitty ass uh it was a shitty system and they fucked a lot of people over and now they're done they're finally gone uh everybody knew that this was a uh, to come. yeah a job this was a uh business model that could not succeed because they're not getting a good deal on the tickets they are literally hoping that you pay ten dollars a month and then never go to see movies and it's like that's retarded because if you think about it if if the membership costs ten dollars a month if the person who buys the membership just goes to see one movie they've made their money back and then movie pass hasn't made any money so the whole thing was that it was a com- combination of they were banking on you getting a subscription and then forgetting to ever go to the movies. And also, they were uh, selling data, selling your data. So that's, that, that was like the big business plan. It was like, oh, well, we're going to like find out what kinds of movies these people go to in these certain demographics and stuff. And then we'll sell the information and that will help pay for it. And that didn't work for them either. Huh. That, I, yeah, I don't think they uh, need that data. So I... Uh, I yeah, they don't. It's the the answer is uh, Fast and Furious and Marvel movies. <laughs> that's that's what people go to see. I mean, the box office speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I had this here. I had the service when it first came out. Oh, okay. And I went to go see a lot of movies, a lot of movies, and then they I bought. They tricked me because they they bought it. Um, they had a deal for like Black Friday and you could pay $80 or $90 something like that for the year. So it was like 657 dollars a month or something is what it averaged out to for unlimited movies. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that. So I bought me and Jesse one. Well, they um they they basically they at one point they switched to like I said earlier to the 3 movie a month, but since we bought ours a year in advance, they couldn't do that with us, so they still had to like give us the the good deal. I think for a while, and then finally they like cut it off or whatever. And then also, like I said, we would go to a movie and it would you could never get a ticket. It would just say like not available. They it would say like we're done giving tickets for today or whatever. So because they didn't have the money to cover it, so they were being like really shady. So finally, I um. I canceled it or something. I like, I, I canceled it and, um, I think I used it for just about the whole year, but it turned really shitty. So once it came around, I canceled it and, um, stopped how, paying. How long did it take to, till it turned shitty? Exactly. I think like three or four months. Oh, that is a fast decline. It was, it was magical when it worked. I mean, I'm talking, if I was free, if I was just, I could be bored and just be like out, grab, like doing an errand and just be like, wonder what's playing at this theater here. 
I have two hours to spare and like just go to see whatever bullshit movie by myself. And it even worked for like special events. And uh, you know how like this theater over here plays old movies every like Wednesday yeah, and Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would work for those. So a lot of times I would like go to the gym and then, and because my gym was over there, I would go to the gym and then be like, hey, what's, what's playing uh, right now? And I would go, like, I went to go see, like, uh, um, uh, what's that, what's that, uh, fucking Clint Eastwood movie, uh, in the, that was like in the 90s, old West movie? I don't think you know. You're, you're, uh, 10 5 to you. No, 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 no. Uh, True Grit. No, in the early 90s, Untouchables or something like that. No. Anyway, I'm going to cut all that out. But uh, I went to go see, I, like, I went to go see a bunch. I, saw, I went and saw, like, Indiana Jones one day randomly, just, like, on a whim. Like, I had no plans. No, it sounds so. like actually a pretty good deal if it existed, but it's, like, too good to be but true. But it went, yeah, it went down the shitter real quick. So I definitely got my money's worth because I only paid 80 bucks or whatever for my year. And I went to go see way more than like eight movies. Yeah. A lot more. I think I, I, it said on the app and I think my final like tally of movies was like 50. Holy shit. Do they still have satisfied customers? Check this out. Although it got shitty, you were still happy with the amount you paid for what you received. <laughs> I was definitely damn. pissed off. I definitely was pissed off yeah. when it got crappy and I'm like, this isn't what I paid for. But. Oh, I remember exactly what it was, how they screwed us. They changed it so it would just be two quote-unquote random movies each day that you could go see. And it was always like the shitty movies that nobody wanted to go see. So it got to to the point where I like... Oh, yeah, we're not out of tickets. We have tickets for these movies. No, yeah, so it was like a random two or three movies a day. And... And so I'm like, and it, I I got tired of checking. So I'm like, these always suck. And uh, I guess their 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 uh, strategy worked because I stopped going to movies with it. Um, well, I I it, I fully the strategy was to make the application so shitty that nobody would use it. Yeah, exactly. Bravo. Yeah. Bravo. Well, because they they wanted to stop buying movie tickets for people. Uh, so yeah, it got shitty. I stopped using it, but. Now they're done. So. Well, thank God for that, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, the end of Movie Pass, they are officially shutting down. Oh, I guess it's it's shut down. Oh, not shit. shutting down. It's done. They, they can even hold off any longer. They, yeah, it was a sudden thing. apparently. So, yeah. Um, R.I.P. Movie Pass. Yeah. And then but here's the thing. It was like a, uh, it, it, it was the, uh, sacrifice needed because now, so a lot of movie theaters and companies came out and made, uh, their own, made their own thing and they're better than, than movie pass and they still exist. AMC, AMC has one. I don't know if you're familiar with it. So it's called the AMC stubs thing or whatever. Oh, and it's yeah. 15 it's... bucks a month and you can go see three movies of any type, like IMAX, 3D, whatever, like you go see any th- any three movies you want per month. So if you go see a lot of movies, 
it's good because a movie costs like twelve, fifteen dollars anyway. Yeah, so you, you essentially one ticket, you get three. Yeah, so if they're you, banking on that person forgetting. Right, but you know, if you're the type of person who, like, I, I have a friend who goes to see a movie like every week. All right, Super Mario World at Universal Studios. More details have come out. Oh, yeah. When's the expected release date for that? So, this is was finally announced. Spring of 2020 is when it's opening in Osaka. And, uh... Wait, no no one gives a shit about that. Where's the American release date? (laughs) They haven't even broke ground yet. It's going to be a long time. So their first opening in Osaka in 2020. Mm-hmm. I will be going there uh, next year. Really? So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try and go to Japan again next year. So for Jesse's 30th, and uh, and it'll be built. So mm-hmm. I'll go on it. And so the so the uh, the details that have come out are that it's coming. It's gonna launch with two games or not games, two rides. Okay, a Super Mario Kart ride. And a uh, like Yoshi's Adventure Ride, two two of the best franchises out there. <laughs> Mario Kart for sure. I mean, you know, that's basically just going to be like a uh, test track or whatever, but with Mario Kart themed. So it'll be really fun, I'm sure. Um, and then there's also going to be a Switch. Uh. Uh, switch uh, integration throughout the park and, and also various other... Uh, what like do you mean inter- by switch integration? They didn't really say, give too much details, but like you can, you're going to be able to use devices and, in the park and like interact with things. So have you been to Harry Potter? Yeah. You know how you can like move the wand around and it will do like a something on the wall or whatever? No. You can buy a wand there, and you make like a specific move in, in, at various areas around the park, and it, like something will happen, like an effect or whatever. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's yeah, cool. so basically, I imagine it's going to be things like that. Uh, spring 2020 is when it comes. It's got food, merchandise. The first phase will have two rides, Super Mario Kart Ride, as well as Yoshi's Adventures. Yoshi is one of the other Nintendo characters. Okay. <laughs> uh, there will be two Thank rides. You, Nintendo. Yeah, there will be two rides. The whole land is interactive, and you're going to have a wristband that's got the big red Mario symbol on it. So, like, uh, wait, they gave wristband details. Yeah. So, like that. Was it will keep actually... your score as you play various games throughout the park. How the fuck it, is it going to do that? And it interfaces with your game console as well, so you can bring your like switch. So they're giving you. you like a digital wristband. It's like the wristbands they have at Disney, the magic bands. Ah. Uses RFID technology. What? That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. So, did you not know that about Disney? No, I did not. Yeah, you can, like, ride rides now, and you don't have to, it it would just, it doesn't, you don't have to go to the picture place afterwards. Like, it automatically can tell which ride you are on, and, like, but from your wristband as you're riding the ride, and it will just, like, send it to the app, like, the picture of you. 
on the ride and stuff. What? Yeah. Man. Um, among other things. There's other things they can do, too. But So, yeah. Uh, I mean, this sounds fucking awesome. I wish there was more... Well, detail I w- on the rides, but I, w- I wish there was like ground being broken on the U.S. version in Florida. They're dragging ass here. Here, uh, it's gonna they be just in got that... Star Wars out, didn't they? No, that, no, that's Disney. That's Univer- or Disney. Uh, so they're gonna Universal announced a couple weeks ago, or maybe a month ago now, that they're building a new park, a third park over by the convention center. What is it gonna be? So this is gonna be part of it. Is uh, the the Mario World? Okay, so I'm surprised at, they're not doing some water park bullshit. We've got at least three or four years before it opens because it's going to be in that new park that hasn't even broken ground yet. Hmm. Well, at least it's coming. Yeah, oh, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, as long as none of us die before then. Uh, You're going to Costa Rica. <laughs> not going to Costa Rica. Or Dominican Republic, I mean. Yeah, 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 sir. So, that's you know. A, that's not racist at all. What? I'm, no, I'm saying those people have been dying in Dominican Republic. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, racism. Confusing the countries. But anyway. It's Central America. <laughs> not a lot of confused two Central American countries. No. No, you were not, sir. Apparently it's racist. Uh, All right. But we, we, we should cut this out. No. I want everyone to hear you calling me a racist with no, <laughs> with no basis. I really do. All right. Well, cut the part out when I say cut it out. <laughs> it's all staying in. Fuck you. So, you got to go to Japan and go to that Mario World? No. 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 <laughs> not not very acclimated to leaving the country as okay. of yet. So, you know, once baby steps at a time right now. So, let me go to the DR, let it work out. All right. What's your dream Mario Land ride? I don't know if I have a ride per se. If I did, dream franchise ride, like what if you could do like a land or a ride or something of any. It doesn't even have to explain the ride, but okay. So like some Smash Brothers, like Simulator, probably like the worst franchise you could have picked to turn into a ride. Honestly, okay, then Hyrule. (laughs) If there is a Zelda Simulator, I don't need a simulator. I want an actual ride. Well, I, I don't like roller coasters or anything, so. There's plenty of good rides that aren't roller coasters. Like what? Uh, Well, almost all the rides at Disney, there's almost no roller coasters there. Can you give an example of a ride? Yeah. Uh, Winnie the Pooh. Okay, is it a screen? No. No, they're like animatronic rides. Oh. You know, like, what about Test Track? I haven't been to any rides at Disney. I haven't Weird. been to Disney since I was a kid. Weird. I okay. don't have any desire, really, to go to Disney. Well, that's so. fine. It's just weird that you live in Orlando and you haven't been <laughs> in that long. All right. Well, my... <laughs> okay, fine. My dream ride, I think, would be... Uh, hmm, I don't know how they would do, like, an Animal Crossing. So, I guess, probably, like, a Zelda. Like, a, like a, I'm thinking, like, a whole area theme to be, like, old... Uh, medieval. And, I agree. One Zelda ride would not suffice. And one ride where maybe you're on like a horse or something and you're riding through like kind of like a midway like thrill ride. Like not a roller coaster but not a baby ride either where you're kind of like on like a roller coaster ride system 
on a horse. I w- I would like some like it like some adventure ride or something like that. I don't know exactly the details of this, but where maybe you guys have to fight each other or fight something. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that'd be good. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, this is why these people get paid so much because we're sitting around like, duh, what kind of <laughs> ride? And they like they make these amazing rides. So, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, spring 2020. Keep your eyes and ears open. That Mario World is coming. We have the Nintendo Fit Ring announced. You watch this, the full seven-minute video or whatever? No, maybe not. I've only watched a few trailers and people talking about it immensely. Okay. Um, to be honest with you, it's not surprising. Nintendo has done things like this before, and will it do? I think it's going to do well. Um, the it's eighty dollars. Yeah, the Wii Fit is popular. Was popular. Yeah. At a point, it sold very well. Uh, apparently people who like Nintendo are health conscious and <laughs> you know, if this actually works, bravo, bravo. Nintendo. I think it's an interesting way to get people to, uh, be active that like want to be active, but can't find that extra little bit of motivation. Now, does it look ridiculous? Yes. I, uh, but uh, happy. Is what it's I'm interesting. It's interesting that they are doing a fully unique brand new game, like adventure game. I agree. Um, not what I expected. Well, maybe not it being a full game instead of like these demos of small little games, like how we sports is or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, yeah, that shocks me. But them venturing into the fitness world, not too. No, not at all. Yeah. Everyone knew as soon as it was announced that it was going to be a fitness thing. Yeah. So how well are these fitness things selling that Nintendo is kind of making it their thing? They're the console of fitness. I think that they're just doing a like cash your net type deal and trying to cover every base because they want to. That's the kind of shit that got old little old ladies to buy a Wii, and that's the kind of shit that they want again. I, I wonder how you have you played the uh, what's that cardboard stuff they had where you can make Labo? Yeah, have you played that? No. I wonder how well that does. Not well because I always see it. In like the clearance section of all the department stores, like for like twenty or thirty bucks, and it was eighty dollars or whatever. Really? Yeah. So maybe they keep making more of it. So maybe it did sell well, but I everywhere I go, I see them marked way down. Like I see the robot kit that was like eighty or ninety dollars or something for like thirty bucks at Target all the time. Well, it's fucking cardboard. I don't know why Nintendo's charging you eighty bucks for a fucking. Cardboard it does have a game in it too, but. Yeah, but I, how intense is that game? Right. We'll say it's a $20 game and a $60 <laughs> cardboard. So it should have been $30? Yeah, it was really nice cardboard, though. <laughs> it is. Like, it's all $80 cardboard? Like, yeah, I don't think so, but it's not about the cardboard, man. It's the intellectual property. Okay. Okay. And, you know, who's been patenting a lot of shit? Nintendo's been patenting a lot of shit lately. Yeah, too. they just patented some, like, Hinge Joy-Con or something yeah. like that. I don't like, know. Yeah, Joy-Con that bends like with your Yeah, phone. I don't know what it's supposed to be for, but they just patented that. They're always doing weird stuff. Hmm. 
Yeah. So I don't really have I, I don't really have too much to say about this fit thing. Um I'm excited to see if it does well or not. Would I'm, you buy it? No. Would you buy it for thirty dollars? I, I like I would Do you never have any buy desire it. to get fit in your room? I, w- I wouldn't use the Wii to do that. It's a Switch, but yeah. Or the Switch to do that. Yeah. You you don't think it that, that having like an adventure game will push you over the edge? To no. Be like, I got to work out. I, I think if, like, even if the game was interesting, because like Twilight Princess, when you had to swing around that sword. God, I hate those That whole time. I like, I, I didn't get like hyped up, like, all right, Neil. Drink some water and keep swinging this shit to kill this boss and like. Well, because you end up just moving your wrists a little bit. Yeah, yeah, really... yeah. But it, even if you had to do full body swings the whole time, I could foresee it being cool, especially if it was like VR. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem here, right? You could just put on some some glasses to you minimize would, your view, so you can. You would get exhausted, and getting exhausted while playing a video game is never fun. Really, it might be. Not for me. Okay. Particularly. All right. Sure, there's a market for that, clearly. Yeah. Yeah, the market is uh, old people. Yeah. So if I got it as a gift, I'd probably play it, but I would never pay money for it. I don't think you would play it. You just said you don't like getting tired. When you're I would try it out. If you gave it to me or like <laughs> something like that, I'd be like, all right, you know. I would try it out. Let, let me play this for a little bit. I mean, that's not the same thing uh, as playing it. The Connect had this weight loss thing where it would make you do games and tell you your weight and everything. And I used that for, like, I tried for three days because that was more mechanical. <laughs> three days. Uh, yeah, man. It's still like a game. Like, you gave it a shot. Yeah. You gave, gave it the shot. old college try. Exactly. All right. All right. I don't think I'll be getting this unless I see it for real cheap. I, I could see, like, the resistance stuff being somewhat interesting. I feel like my, my wife would might play it. See, that's the market, though. I think it's totally marketed towards women. Yeah. Um, I saw a woman in the commercial. I feel like we Fit and all the Nintendo health stuff is mainly towards women. Yeah. The Wii Fit cal- character in Smash is, is a female, right? You can change it to a male. Okay. But, but the, her, the, the main character in all the games and stuff is a female. Okay. okay. Yeah. She's smoking, man. She's such a hot white uh, generic <laughs> avoca- avatar. <laughs> the no. hottest I see. Yeah, no, but I'm sure there is some weird rule 34 on that. Um, mm. All right. So I thought this was funny here. A new Castlevania game was announced. Now, the thing about Konami is that over the last several years, they've turned into a real... Shit company. A, yeah, a real pile of of shit. Yeah. So all they do now Here, is uh, make like pachinko oh, machines Kojima and left, stuff. right? Kojima, yeah. Kojima. He left. Yeah. So. Because they fuck with Metal Gear, man. You don't yeah. fuck with Metal Gear. So uh, all they do now is make pachinko machines and uh, mobile games. Well, they came out with an announcement for Castlevania. I got I got really excited because I was like, oh, new Castlevania. Maybe Konami's turned the corner. A, it was a pachinko And game. then it turns, and then and then is halfway through the trailer, they reveal, it's a smartphone game. Oh, Konami, how low can you sink? And 
They have not made a Castlevania game in a very, very long time since I think maybe at least the DS, but I thought maybe maybe they made one for the 3DS. I don't remember. Oh, I don't know why I'm like saying this because I actually I'm surprised Castlevania is owned by Konami. I thought it was always like a Nintendo thing for some reason. They had they were mostly on Nintendo consoles at first, but then uh, as time went on, they went on the other consoles. And I'm also shocked Banjo-Kazooie is not owned by Nintendo. I, I didn't get to talk about this last podcast <laughs> because I did They're not know They're owned by Rare. <sighs> really? Isn't, shouldn't Rare be owned by Nintendo? And now who owns Spyro again? Spyro is Activision. Uh, I thought, no, no. Spyro was uh, bought by Disney or somebody. It's right? Activision. Spyro was bought by somebody else it's activision who's the original creator i don't fucking know virgin interactive maybe I... okay no i think it's just activision okay i have no clue who the originally published spyro but my rant is basically i'm just shocked that these companies are owned by <laughs> who they're really owned by <laughs> basically the point that you're trying to get across is that you aren't familiar with game companies whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I got, this is a great, this is a great crank from, from Konami because I final I thought maybe finally, okay, the last Castlevania game was on, was 2014 and it was like a shitty 3D one, I think. So really? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, didn't they have like a DS version of Castlevania or something that was really yes. good? Yes. They did, but that was back well before 2014. Okay. Because I remember playing like an emulated Castlevania game, and I was like, oh, that's pretty decent. Which one? I, I don't. It was a long time ago. Oh, emulated for DS? Yeah. It was the DS game. Okay. Cool. I have a couple of them that are really good. My favorite is probably Castlevania Bloodlines for the Genesis. <clears throat> Bloodlines. Huh. I, I didn't know Genesis of Super Nintendo. What what was that about? Are you very upset about that? <laughs> yeah, Spe- that you didn't have a Genesis. Speaking of which, that may uh, roll into the next topic. Yeah, it? so it is. We missed it by a few days, but it is the 20th. Hold on. It is the 20th anniversary of the Sega Dreamcast. What? Hey, how come I didn't echo? Because I didn't, I didn't turn it on for you. So, did you have a Dreamcast? No, but Boo. I. My friend that had a Dreamcast, I was at his house every day pirating games. Okay. Uh, my friend Keyshawn, shout out if you're listening. I doubt you are. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, he owned a Dreamcast, and because he owned a Dreamcast... Uh, he got all the free games you wanted. Look, man, going back up in the day, it was a choice. Like, my dad was like, hey, you get one console, Dreamcast, or like, Play- was it PlayStation 2 at the time? Yeah. PlayStation 2. Well, the Dreamcast came out a year or so before the PS2. Well, but... I had to wait. Like, yeah. I fully well knew there was going to be a PS2 yeah. coming out, and I knew I had to choose one or the other. I'm not going to lie. I, I've made the right choice. I don't think so. 
Really? Maybe for you. You made the right choice for you, but I never really cared too much about the PS2. And it's not because... How? If I was as in, if I was as informed as I am today, I would have been into the PS2. But, like, the PS2, all the PS2 games that I love are, like, weird, obscure Japanese games that, like, I wouldn't have even known about back then anyway. Well, all the franchises I like were on PlayStation, like the Final Fantasies, uh, all the games I wanted to play back in the day. So, Bouncers. So, what did you play on the, what did you play on your friend's Dreamcast then? What, tell me, uh, spin me a yarn of what your memories of the Dreamcast were. Okay, number one game of all time played on the Dreamcast. And I only can truly play this game with enjoyment with a Dreamcast controller. Uh, it is Marvel versus Capcom too. I played that. I played a lot of that on the Dreamcast. Yeah, I had the first one, oh, and dude. I played a lot of the second one. What? Yeah, turn the water jump. That's fine. Okay, the things at the bottom, at the bottom, very bottom. To what? To thirty-five. What? Really? Yeah. Whoa. Anyway, continue. So, so tell me your first experience with the Dreamcast. Okay, so my first experience with the Dreamcast was we couldn't afford to get no games, right? And Keishin wasn't very good with figuring out how to, like, figure out how to pirate the Dreamcast. Uh-huh. Like, he got the stuff, or, like, offline, but he didn't know how to use the software or how to, like, So it. he didn't get it right away because there was already, like, pirating and stuff on it. Yeah, probably so not... Yeah. Probably a year or two later. I, I, I Maybe he got it right away and I met him a year or two later. I don't remember. This is my in-depth reaction with the Dreamcast. Because before, if I play, I just went to a friend's house and played Marvel vs. Capcom 2. That was it. But Keishin, I actually like felt like I owned the console as well. Like I was right. doing shit for the console that I normally wouldn't do. And I was like, even playing that like... Uh, okay, the fact that those memory cards had mini games like the Sonic game you could play and shit was fucking mind-blowing to me like they were pretty neat yeah you know that the playstation had one of those too but in japan only and there was like uh final <laughs> fantasy games and stuff you could no, play no, no no you see for some reason sony and their fucking goddamn memory cards upsetted me yeah. like i hated sony's memory cards nothing they sony would always did. corrupt and shit uh not only that i was ran out of space <laughs> yeah I'm like, oh shit! Uh, wait, what's left? Oh no, it's all these games I put hours of time into. One must die. <laughs> so my experience, I I was a Dreamcast freak. Uh, not really a freak, but like I really loved the system. I was always, a, I was always a, I, you know, a lot of, I, I wouldn't say I was always a Sega guy because I had an NES and like a lot of games and shit. But oh, is there any left? No, this is just my seltzer. Oh. No. Anyway, I'm uh, thirsty. I didn't care if it was so, alcoholic. Oh. So, makes sense. Anyway, so I was a big Dreamcast fan. I was a big Sega fan. I like both console or both companies, but like, I grew up with the NES, and then my next console was the Genesis, and then after that was the PlayStation. And then the Dreamcast. So like I was I was all over the place. Like it didn't matter to me who the company was. I was just like, Oh, I wanna play this game and like like for PlayStation, I'm like, I wanna play Twisted Metal, I wanna play Crash Bandicoot, so I need to get a PlayStation. So, and and so 
Uh, I got for one year. Is that if Crash Bandicoot is the reason you wanted to get a PlayStation? It was one of them. Yeah, it was a really, it was a really cool game when it first came out. So, Dreamcast. Uh, it comes out in September 9th, 1999, and I, they had been running like a big campaign. They were really pushing this thing, and I remember like it was in stores and stuff. You could play the Sonic Adventure demo, and that demo fucking blew me away. Like, that was a huge, the Dreamcast from, like, the N64 and the PS1 was a huge leap. Huge. And also, Sega always ran their games pretty strictly at, like, 60 frames a second. And that made it, honestly, to me, look better than the PS2. To me, the PS2 was, like, more, like, jaggy and, like, it didn't run as You may be... Okay, I think you're right, and their saturation levels are better. Like the games so, are more colorful. Right. Too. So when I, uh, so when I saw the Dreamcast, my mind was fucking blown. My friend who would always get this shit, like all these consoles and shit, uh, he always had a computer and stuff, new computer with these games that I could never afford. He got the Dreamcast like immediately. I played at his house, but I was and I I, I wanted it so badly. Uh, and then for Christmas, my uncle got the family that year so it was right after it came out not even you know three months later my uncle got the family a dreamcast for christmas and but they were so in demand at the time which is crazy to think about because it went out of yeah, business like, they were so in demand it's like a, that he just gave us a receipt that was like you have to bring this to kb toys when they finally have units that's pretty and bad, mind you this was three and a half months after it came out he couldn't find one. So we, and I was 11 years old. So like to have a new console, but not have it yeah, 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 was yeah. one of the most painful things in my entire life. So 11, I, I, I went through that with the N64. Yeah. So 11 year old me is calling KB toys every single day <laughs> being like, yo, you guys get to get any more shipments. And finally he's like, the guy was like, I think we're going to get a shipment on Wednesday morning. And I had my stepdad go out there and uh, and get it, and he, and he did get it. And um, I had Sonic Adventure, of course. Had Crazy Taxi. Uh, I played that. Yeah. Had House of the Dead Two, which was awesome. I didn't play that. Had the gun and everything. And uh, Power Stone was the big one. Power Stone One and Two. I played Power Stone, but mostly Power Stone Two. Me and my friends, we would even like well into. 16, 17, 18 years old, we were still playing the Dreamcast all the time. We were playing Power Stone 2. And uh, there were, we would have nights where we would stay up all night playing uh, Fantasy Star there, Online. There, there was not, yeah, Power Stone, there was not a four-player game like that out at the time. Yeah, I mean, they had Smash Brothers, but it wasn't nearly as good <clears throat> back then. Well, I, I feel like I ran into Power Stone before Smash for some reason. Smash Brothers on the 64 was... Didn't even come close to like Power Stone one or two, and both of those games came out before Melee. Yeah, and it was probably like a totally different game. Too. It was. It was. It's a different style game, but it's got the same spirit behind it, where it's just like a party local fighting game. No, I agree with you. Uh, so, as my game history one, I was more Nintendo. Super Nintendo was my first gaming console. I used to pay the uh, Nintendo Entertainment Center at my cousin's all the time. And all we did was play Mario and Duck Hunt. Like, the shit out of those games. We've never played any other games. Like, I think we tried to play Jaws, but 
I think we were we weren't into the graphics back then because I was like I can't tell what the fuck <laughs> is what, and uh, I I kind of regret. But when Super Nintendo came out, man, those were like top of the line graphics for me. I was like, oh shit, I can distinguish things now. I was just a dumb kid. I would play whatever. I didn't care. Oh no, man! I I had so many games for Super Nintendo. Super Metroid was one of the like I think uh, Super Mario World was definitely the first game I've ever played on that console. That was the first game. I, I wasn't ever really. My mind was never blown by graphics until Mario sixty four, and that was like my 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 brain couldn't even handle it. I was like, wait, you can they make games like this? Like, nah, man. When I went from like those uh. Those like like old Mario graphics where they were just so pixelated and then where you could tell he had a cape on so his overalls were actually there. You could see his mustache in detail. Like um, that actually changed me because I, I remember the Game Boy too. Not only that, the only Sega console I owned was the Game Gear, which was a freaking pretty good console to me. I don't know. I was a kid. I, I don't know if like it's a nostalgia thing. But I love that fucking Game Gear. I mean, the Game Gear is pretty solid. It had a, it had a pretty it was, nice it library. It was so ahead of yeah. uh, the Game Boy. It yeah. was in color. It's no Turbo Express, though. What's Turbo Express? It's a portable TurboGrafx-16. Uh, no. It's just I, literally, it's put- literally the console. You can take the game for the home console and put it into the handheld. Have you ever played the 3DO? Yeah. It's trash. That was my first, like, what? Well, no, the N64. <laughs> but then I saw, like, what was it? Was the N64 it was good, but 3DO. Yeah, because when I saw Wipeout for the first time on that thing, I was just Was like, Wipeout wow. on the 3DO? Yeah. Was it Wipeout? It was Wipeout. I don't think so. It was like some Wipeout game. It looked like Wipeout. It was Wipeout game. It looked like Wipeout. It was, yeah. Well, you know, the type of crash and hit. I don't don't think Wipeout was ever on the 3DO. Maybe you're talking about Starblade. There was a Wipeout on Sega Saturn. There's a Wipeout on the PS1. Anywho, I really love the Dreamcast. I think it was... Everyone knows this. Everybody says this now, but it was well ahead of its time. Maybe it is Starfire. It was well ahead of its time. Came with a modem built in for online play. Came with uh, it. I mean, the PlayStation had a modem adapter too. No, it didn't. The PlayStation Two had a modem adapter that you could buy after several years of being out. The Dreamcast shipped with a modem on the console in 1999. So, what do you think the downfall of this console was? So, the reason why it failed mostly is because they had totally ruined all their good faith with the consumers by fucking them with first they had them buy the sega cd it was kind of trash they didn't do a great job at supporting it then they did the 32x which was absolute garbage and they stopped supporting it almost immediately and then less than a year after the 32x they released the saturn with a surprise launch like without no any notice so now you have people buying like three or four consoles in three or four years all from your company, and they've all been shit with the exception of the Genesis. And now you're asking them to buy another console. That combined with, um, you know, it wasn't really as much of the the pirating as people think. It was that combined with um, 
the PS2, and most specifically not including a DVD drive. The DVD drive is what sold the PS2. People went, oh, this PS2 is cheaper than a DVD player, and I've been meaning to get a DVD player anyway, so I'll just get this PS2. My dad it, it was a win-win quality of the PS2. It was a win-win. Yeah, say say what he might about buying it for my gaming. It was definitely definitely because it had DVD player. Right. So I think those are the main contributing factors. It's mostly just that Sega were clowning hard in that generation. And all the goodwill had dried up. Lost the faith of the people. It's it's a, you know fool me once, sh- shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, four times, five times. They, fuck you! I'm not buying a new console. Marketing couldn't be that great because I wasn't super psyched about the Dreamcast until post yeah launch, like until I saw other people playing it, like Soul Calibur. That was a game I invested a lot of time in with Dreamcast. Yep. And what there was an RPG? I forgot what I played though. Fantasy Star Online. Maybe. Skies of Arcadia? Sounds like Skies of Arcadia. Okay. Evolution? <laughs> no, I don't know that one. Yeah, there's a handful of RPGs on there. Um, yeah, no, it was a good console overall. I did like that you could pirate it, though. That, that was yeah, cool. I'm sure you did. <laughs> Lots of kids our age that didn't have a lot of money like that you could pirate it. That's why I was upset I didn't have one, because I had my PS2 where you had to mod chip that shit. Or you couldn't, like, burn games on it or whatever the case is. Yeah. This is back in the day when there was, like, no real penalty of doing this shit. You just didn't want to mess up your console. Now you'll get, like, banned or whatever from the PSN store. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, rest in peace, Dreamcast. We still love you. And I wish that um, it was easier to find cheap Dreamcast games around at flea markets and garage sales because... I almost never find them. My Dreamcast collection is very lacking. I only have like 10 or 15, maybe like 15, 20 games. (laughs) Well, you can burn the games, print your own case, put them out there. It's not the same. I know. And also, when when you burn the games, because GD-ROMs, which is what Dreamcast games were on, were like 900 or 1.1 gigs of space and a CD is only 700 megabytes so when what they would have to do sometimes is like cut out uh, videos or, or compress stuff or whatever when they would create the burnable images so it's not the same as having like the actual game I don't know I didn't really feel like I had a hard time like the game file sizes weren't that big back in the day I think they were like 500 megabytes and the CDs were 700 I couldn't tell you but anyway all right, moving on. Uh, I'm going to miss you, Dreamcast. Now that you're finally fully dead. Why don't you tell me about your Final Fantasy VII trailer? Okay, so it looks amazing. And I want to play this game. I'm really upset about one thing, though. They're releasing this shit in episodes? Yeah. Yeah, that fucking sucks. That that kills the whole thing. You know what's funny about that, too, is that the first episode, which is $60, yeah. only covers... Like, the beginning... That part. first part of the game. Yeah. 
I've never really played too much of the game, so I don't even remember the name of the city or wherever they're at. They're really trying to rake this shit in. So, unless they... I don't know what they're going to do. They're obviously going to stretch it out a lot, but, like, you're looking at... I imagine it'll be three or four parts, at least. So, you're looking at a $250 game, possibly. Maybe more if they do five parts. You've never played Final Fantasy VII? I've played I played it a little bit back in the day, but, like, it, I didn't like it. Oh, okay. I don't think it's a particularly deep or interesting RPG to me. I, you see, this is what got me into games. Actually, it was Final Fantasy VIII that got me into games. And uh, interesting story. They, Eight is my favorite one. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. Um, they're making an HD re- remake. No, they're not. Not of Eight. Yeah, they are. They re-released it, like, up or whatever, but they didn't remake it. Oh, no, not remake, but an HD Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, I release. guess. It's... That's what they call them, I guess. Yeah, but there's no difference, really. It's just playable now. And... But did you know why it took so long? Uh, because the like source code was lost or something. Yeah, yeah, how ridiculous is that? Yeah, I don't know too much about how that works. I always figured that you, like, don't you have just... Couldn't you just, like, rip the source code from the disk or something? I don't, but... like, Sony misplaced this shit, and I guess they were afraid to uh, admit it. I heard... The PC, if you can find that old PC remake version of the game, I heard it's a different game because the guy had to compensate for so much lost source really? code. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. They, that was popular back then. They would do like the big third party PS1 games they would have on like computer. Like they had, uh, they had Final Fantasies. They had Metal well, Gear Solid on, on PC. Here's the thing. Final Fantasy VIII, it's what made me a gamer. Like, I had a PlayStation, I used to play Banjo-Kazooie, I used to play all the stupid games, I even had an N64. All those stupid games. Yeah, I had an N64, and Legend of Zelda was close to there, but Final Fantasy was the first time I was, like, actually powering people up, caring about grinding, like, to get to the next level. Like, I've never done this in a game. Even with Zelda, it was just, like, solve puzzle, go through, solve puzzle, go through. You're never leveling up, Link. Everything's, like, kind of the same difficulty. Yeah. You can always think your way out. Final Fantasy, uh-uh. You gotta get stronger or die. <laughs> there's a lot of... There's some of that leveling up aspect of it in um, the new Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Well, it's a true RPG. Yeah. Mostly Zelda was more of a puzzle-solve RPG to me than an actual RPG. Yeah, because to me, actual RPG, you need to code your items with shit. You need to do some crafting, I guess. Like I hate crafting, but it, <laughs> it's probably necessary. Grinding, level grinding. Well, grinding is usually, in my opinion, grinding is a is a sign of a not that great RPG. I'm not going to go on and say bad, but if you have to sit there and grind, the the game wasn't paced very well. Well, you should be able to. Like I never felt like I needed to grind in persona 5 or anything like it's if you know what you're doing if the if the if the game if the game uh systems are set up well enough you should be able to it it, to manage around if you're good enough manage around having to grind it all in an rpg so do you know that's why i like eight because you don't have to grind in eight at all it's all based on the card system so you can uh, attach the cards to your characters and the cards boost you your stats without without uh, upping any levels. 
So the, so, the junction system. Well, here's the thing um, I got stuck at in that game, and I hated The one character was that fucking robot towards the end. That, mm-hmm. that, that wrote, like, what was it, Model A? I forgot the name of that shit. But I played that thing for hours trying to... Like, I played that game for weeks trying to beat that robot. And then it ended up really... So good. tell me about this Final Fantasy VII trailer. So uh, it looks amazing. Yeah. It looks beautiful. They did a great job in recreating this game. Aren't they doing more of like an active fighting system like Final Fantasy twelve? Yes, which I like. Yeah. Because like, honestly, the turn-based RPG system's dead. It's well, that's why I didn't like the original. I felt because there wasn't, it wasn't a very deep system. It was just turn-based combat yeah. and there wasn't, there wasn't a unique aspect to it at all. It was just take your turn, fight. So, Definitely looks way more action packed. Okay. Um, the pacing of the game looks better, which is going to bring a new, lot of new fandom to Final Fantasy. It's going to reinvigorate this series. Yeah. Like, uh, the last game they released was really good, fifteen, but uh, I, I don't know what happened. Like that guy left, and they stopped making the uh, DLCs and shit. Right. After they promised people that paid for the DLC, promised. Yeah, that they would get new content. They never ended up doing that. But I, I really think Final Fantasy has been taking a really good turn as a franchise on the uh, PS4. And I'd like to see it continue. I don't like this episode releasing stuff. I don't, th- because, no, like, it's just I, milking it for everything. I have work. a feeling I'm going to run through this game. It's going to be beautiful. I'm going to be caught up in the world and it's going to be over way too quick. Or conversely, it's long. Let's say each piece is 40 hours or something. You play through it. It's great. And then it takes them three years to release part two, and you forgot like all the details of the you story. You know that and stuff. shit's like, gonna happen. I'm gonna have yeah. to wait till you release all the episodes and buy right. that bundle pack. Yeah, well, that bundle pack's gonna be a pretty penny. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be a pretty penny for long. I don't think this game, like, unfortunately, people, I don't think it's gonna retain its price because it's gonna be so ridiculously expensive at launch. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, that's about all the news we have. So why don't you tell me about what you've been playing and what you've been up to? So uh, I recently um, started, as you know, The Witcher. Right. I beat the game. Oh, cool. And very happy with it. Yeah. So happy that I wa- I couldn't get myself enough Witcher. So <laughs> I had to download the expansion packs. Okay. So they have two expansions. Uh, Heart and Stone and Blood and Wine, and I complete Heart and Stone was an amazing expansion pack. It you was... already beat the expansion pack. Yeah, the one of them. Okay. Yeah, I'm at the end of the other one, but I'll, I'll get into that. See, but just uh, ex- uh, just a disclaimer though for the audience that you don't really play side quests and stuff, right? No, but I did, and it's like I got caught in the world. I okay. love it. Like, this game really, really embellished me. Um, but no, on the first one, I did side quest a lot because I was dying or whatever. Uh, for the expansion, Heart and Stone, I was so caught in the story, I didn't really side quest on that one. But there's a lot of new features. So how long did it take then, just without, <sighs> just doing the story? Oh, God, it took a long time. Really? Probably, yeah. Still, even without uh, the side quest, it took a while. It's a good about like twenty hours. I would say the game probably has twenty three hours total uh-huh. in it. Um, if you you can probably run through it in ten. Okay. How long did it take you? I think it probably took me about sixteen. Okay. Decent decent amount. How much was the expansion? 
I I like they were it was on sale. I bought them together for about like another fifteen dollars. Okay, cool. So and are you playing anything else now? Or are you? Um. So no, I'm playing the second expansion, Blood and Wine, with vampires, which I love. Okay. But uh, I think I might have to give up on beating it. <laughs> Because, like, I got to this, like, I'm at the end, right? And, like, I've been owning shit. I've been leveling up my guy. I've gotten a crafting and all this shit in the game. So I can be beastly just to be beastly. I know it's my last Witcher run because there are no more expansion. This is it. Right. Um. So I'm, I'm like, trying to do everything I can in the game. And I get to this, like, part with two vampires. And within, like, 30 seconds, I got owned. Really? Yes. And I'm like, no, like, this has not happened so far to the point that I'm feeling this is kind of unbeatable for me. Like, I had to go back out and leave the world and probably level up more and grind and shit. Okay. I didn't realize it was that kind of game. I it's I don't think it is. I, I don't know where I fucked up. You think right? you just suck? I, I think I fucked up somewhere, guys. Isn't it like an action game? Uh, Couldn't you just dodge harder? Yeah, I, I mean, you could, but there's so much AoE attacks. Have you ever vampires. played Dark Souls? Oh, yes, I have, sir. Are you any good? Uh, I have, I got it, uh, my ex bought it for me, right, for what was it, uh, an anniversary. Uh-huh. And I, I got through it, but I didn't, like, there was nothing to keep me in the game. Like, so... If there was a better story that was like, oh, man, you're defeating all these hard bosses to get to this this conclusion, I would do it. But it was there was nothing. It was just kill hard shit for like just for the sake of doing it. Yeah. And I didn't like that. there's a story there if you really want to dig for it. But like, yeah, I'm not going to read the books and everything. Yeah. yeah no. uh, like they're Skyrim. one of my favorite. They're one of my favorite series. I've played through Demon Souls. Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, uh, Neo, Bloodborne. I want to play Bloodborne for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, um, and what's their new one? Sekiro or? Sekiro. Sekiro. I, I hated that one. I returned it. Or what? I didn't return it, but I sold it within a few why days. Why did you hate that? Because the, I mean, I talked about it at great length already on the podcast, but real quick. Uh, so I felt like the game was too much like Dark Souls and not enough of its own identity, but then it tried to be somewhat different. And what happened was they created a game where you have to play it a certain way. Like, this is the only... It's like they took one style of Dark Souls fighting and put it into the game, and that's the only way you can play it. And that's fine, but the whole draw for me of those games is... There's a million ways to approach things because of how, how deep the like RPG and stat system is that if there's a guy who is giving me trouble, I'll be like, okay, well, maybe I'll just like put on really heavy armor and get a really big heavy sword and put all my stats on like strength and just be slow and like beat the shit out of him. Or you can be like, all right, I'm going to go like a really like light nimble, like I have really light armor on. If I get hit, I'm going to get fucked up, yeah, yeah. but I can dodge really easily and I can kind of poke at him and stuff. But in Sekiro was, was not like that at all. It was one very specific way of playing the game and I, it was my least favorite type of combat. So that combined with just, I, I, I wasn't into it and um, it was, it felt like a real slog. Like it was just, you would fight a boss. And it would take you a good while because you, it, he would kill you. That's what happens in those games. You beat the shit out of you for a while until you figure out his pattern. 
So you would fight a boss. It would take you maybe an hour or so, maybe more or less, depending on how hard he was, but take you a long time, right? You get past him. You would walk for like five minutes or less down the road, and there would be another boss that would take you like an hour or two. Like that's all it was. It was like a boss, a couple of guys scattered around in between. And so it was like a very short game and a very small and kind of like shallow world. And they just padded it with really difficult bosses all over the place. So you like it was just a slog going through it. I think one of the hardest games I played for the sake of playing and I love the game because it like maybe I like the story or something gripped me about it was Ninja Gaiden. The first one? Uh, all like one on all Xbox. I think. Uh, yeah, the Xbox. One. Yeah, this is very similar to Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. So, anyway, that's why I didn't like Sekiro. But, uh, yeah, so. Bloodborne looks fun, too. It looks like there's a little bit of a story there. Yeah. Battery is low, so we got to wrap this up. Uh, so, real quick, what I'm doing. Um, still playing Fire Emblem. Uh, looking forward to playing more of it. It's really fun. Okay. I was like, still liking it. Hey. Yes, still liking it. I got stuck on like a uh, one specific fight, but I'm about to like get past it. And I keep getting like busy halfway. The fights can sometimes take like an hour, and I keep getting like busy during it and like having to turn it off. I saw um, Persona Five on like I think uh, no, it wasn't on sale, but I saw it on the PlayStation Store. I thought about copying it just so so good. I could relate. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, this week. Zelda Link's Awakening is coming out. Yes, and it looks beautiful. Yeah, and I'm going to be getting that on Friday. I got some birthday money today. And you, you don't mind the cartoonish graphics, do you? No, it's like a, it looks like a toy. It does. So. I, I, I think it's amazing still. I'm looking forward to it. It's a great game. And the only thing that I'm a little disappointed in is that I don't, I can't tell or I don't think that they've added anything. And it's a Game Boy game from like 1993, so like I'm worried they change the controller. Yeah, but I'm worried that it's only going to be like a four hour game that I just paid sixty dollars for. Welcome to Nintendo. Yeah. So that's the only thing I'm concerned about is that it's a Game Boy game and that they didn't add anything to it, and that I don't. I'm going to run. Was it really four hours long? Only to be. I don't. uh, Let me look it up real quick on my phone. But it's a Game Boy game. It's meant to be played in like really short bursts. Uh, let's see here. How long to beat Zelda Link's Awakening? Maybe they have the new one already up there. How long to beat Zelda Link's Awakening DX? Okay, it's like 15 hours. Better than four. I mean, it's not all, it's not huge given for a Zelda game. Well, but still, fifteen hours perfectly acceptable for us for a sixty dollars game. I'm not one of those people who feels like a game needs to be like a hundred hours long in order for it to be me worth either. sixty dollars. It yeah. just has to grasp me, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, um, this makes me feel a lot better. I guess it's been a really long time since I've played it, but I felt like it was much shorter. But at the same time, don't give us that four hour, eight hour. Game. So, 15 hours, that's perfectly fine with me. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm picking that up Friday. Target is giving away free, like, collectible pins with it if you buy it from there. And I showed you earlier how, like, I like to collect pins. Yeah. So, I'm going to stop by there Friday morning, 
Friday afternoon, pick that up at Target, and uh, play it for the weekend. You don't pre-order it anymore? No. <laughs> I don't even think Target does pre-orders. Uh, remember the days when it was all about pre-ordering that game? I guess. I never did it, really, unless there was, like, a special bonus. Uh, there's always, like, a special bonus. Yeah, but I mean a good one. Like, I pre-ordered Wind Waker because it came with that Ocarina of Time disc. I don't know. I was just impatient. Like, Metal Gear, uh, I remember pre-ordering Metal Gear 4, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when you got that. That was when you bought the PS3. Uh, I think Because that was the first no, no, no. reason to ever... Was it? Uh, you might have had one already, but, yeah. like, you didn't do shit with it until... Metal Gear Solid 4, because I remember that was, like, the first reason to have a PS3, Yeah, I think I only played fighting games with Richard. Yeah. That was about it. All right, well, let's wrap this up. If you guys made it this far, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook. You can subscribe on all the podcast apps. You can uh, find Neil on Facebook or Twitter if you want to follow him. It's Neil Chetram. And uh, you can T R A M. You can N E I L. You can check out all our reviews. You can get this podcast and you can see our videos on analogoutmedia.com. Do us a favor and please leave us a five star review. It means so goddamn much to us. And uh, on that note, we'll be seeing you again real soon. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you. Logout.